0: 925 star Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The party starts now. Ah!
1: Well, welcome, Power Partners. This is our informational playground, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are broadcasting live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Well, today's show, we are going to be talking about lots of very interesting things. Um, we'll talk about harvest and what the November Garden, by the way, happy November, has in store for you. For a lot of kids right now, they're applying to multiple colleges, and maybe that has nothing to do with your admission process. So we're going to see about if it's better to concentrate on a single-year university that might offer you the best chance. So we'll talk about university admissions But right now in T for Two, we're going to talk about food waste, and Heather is going to bring to you the facts of how much food we waste every year. The Miracle Moment is by Be the Star You Are charity. We are now doing Operation Hurricane Matthew relief if you would like to make a donation to help us with shipping and getting books to the children in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida and Georgia, please go to be the star you click on Hurricane uh, Matthew relief and you can help. This is by Ken Kesey, and you know he was a peace advocate um a lot, but well, he was from 1920s to 95, but also in the 70s. To be upset about what you don't have to waste is what you do have. So it's like, waste not. So, Heather, let's talk about food waste because yeah, it's not really, waste. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge problem. And people are just throwing things out that they don't need to. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, well you probably know firsthand of how it's great to have animals and natural ways of compost and I'll get to that stuff later of so many little tips and ways you can try to save Food, but we all know it happens that we go to the grocery store sometimes, uh, a lot of times it's an impulse buy that something looks, oh, oh that looks delicious, a squash, or maybe you think you're going to make guacamole, so you get avocados, tomatoes, cilantro, um, but by the time you get home, you're not, you not—you don't want to eat that anymore, and like many things, we open the fridge, there's never anything to eat, but there's always that stuff there And then about a week or two later, you look at it, and the tomato is squishy, the cilantro is slimy, the avocado is green, and there goes that. And you threw that away, and what, that can add up, especially with the cost of avocados, you know, anywhere from 5 to $10, and multiply that of how many times that happens. And they estimate that... Uh, to, uh, Americans, that we throw out one full bag of groceries for every four groceries we shop, and for a family of four. And now it all depends on where you shop, what kind of produce. I mean, if you're getting, and this isn't just produce, but if you're if you're getting your things from specialty stores, you know there's definitely a food range, a cost range uh, from Whole Foods versus maybe Food for Less. Um, and anyways what that adds up to about $1,500 for a family of four but that can be much, much more and it's amazing to think about how much food that we're wasting and I know that's a big issue because we also know within America how there is a huge hunger issue how we have so many kids that are going to school um, hungry and we know that's one of the biggest things especially for children for growing minds and for education as well as just people out there trying to save money when you think about how wasteful that is or other ways how can you kind of help yourself because it seems like we all do this and it isn't just vegetables it can be very confusing sometimes things say best of sold you know can sold by uh, best before this time eat before but it can last a
1: lot longer
2: Exactly. So many confusing labels, and we never really know, and, you know, some people say, oh, you can do it, you know, X amount of time afterwards, so here's some kind of a nitty-gritty and actually something to know that it's become such a big issue that we're aware of it, and they actually say um, about 40%, 40% 40%, 40% of all food in the United States gets thrown away. And, um, and that's this is really still sad. re, you, this is food that's still edible. We're not talking about completely bad food and even, we'll all get to that soon about stuff that maybe has reached its prime but ways you can kind of help and save with that too. Um, first thing, Proper, uh, proper buying food at home and storage, it all starts with yourself and your own sense of mind of when you go to the grocery store. So to help kind of Fight this food waste epidemic. Know yourself. Know if every time you buy blueberries, you know, maybe that first you want, you know, or you want a strawberry so bad, but you really just want one before you know it. It gets mold on it and you throw it out. Kind of track your foods. See, okay, I bought um, squash. I bought a gallon of milk and I ended up having to throw out half a gallon. Two weeks later, because I'm just not drinking as much as it. So, kind of notice these things that you tend to be throwing out over time. Um, also, use every last little uh, bit of things. You know this when you're cooking. When you kind of right. you love, sometimes when we cut celery, we have that big chunk left over. People will just toss that. Clean it off and make if a vegetable stew with it. You can um, what do you call it? Kind of season it uh, and steam it up. It can become so much. easier other things than just the thing you're going to use it for before. It can even be uh, garnish within something. So it's endless with that. Make a food list when you go – it's inevitable that when you go, there's going to be those temptations. I know. Anytime I have a list, I always leave with so much more. But I have that core list, and I know that times when I go in there blindsided, I end up with everything else that I didn't, and a lot of impulse buys, a lot of things too. Um, not even talking about fresh food. Sometimes, you know, have you ever had that where uh, you really do get to the bottom of your pantry, but there's that can of beans or something that that's been in there for two years because. That one day at the store you wanted Southwestern Picano beans or whatever it may be, and that yet you never eat it, no matter how many times when you look in your pantry and you just always pass by it. And eventually things do go bad. So realize, are you really going to eat these things? Sometimes we have that exotic kind of flair, and maybe that can lead you to, if you end up with sort of this mix-and-match things, maybe those times to break out, those dusty cookbooks that are becoming archaic, or Google something, there's just a plethora of recipes and fun ideas out there that you could do. Um, plan for parties. A lot of times, um, also at grocery stores, uh, we'll get kind of tricked into we'll see a, a price or something.'ll look in a, it'll look like a bigger size and it's a more expensive, um, but it seems like, wow, it, it seems so much more. Look at the bottom when it says what things are for per ounce or per paper or per whatever. Sometimes it can be very misleading that something that, though it may come with two bottles of something, um, is actually smaller bottles than the one bottle, and if you break it down, it would actually, if you were to buy those bottles individually, it would be cheaper than buying it in the double pack. So think about those things, too. I know Costco can be awesome when you want to go and get all this stuff, but then if you're left, if you really aren't that person or have that big family to feed, um, this stuff is going to go to waste. So, not only are you just wasting good food, that um, you're wasting financially as well. Time, uh, no, probably the most confusing, is best if used by, sell by. What does it all mean? And actually, it's kind of a lot deeper and confusing with that because. A lot of people mistake that and think that that is uh, an FDA or the suggested it's really uh, for for example for milk um, it's a pasteurization so when milk is sent off and it has um, something that says sell by XYZ date um, date for milk is twenty one to twenty four days after it's been pasteurized now that's not the same in every single state So, for example, Montana, they are only allowed to sell their milk 12 days after. So, I mean, Montana must just have the most freshest milk because they're not allowed to sell milk after that date. Now, also what leads with that is you must think of the mass amount of milk that gets thrown out because places literally have to throw these things out. Um, so being aware of that is to say what's the difference between how come there it's 12 days versus 24. That's just for those own state laws. Sometimes uh, dates are put on uh, at the grocery store when things arrive, that they believe this would be the freshest date, um, that you know, this should only be good for X and Y the D. Um, as we know with a lot of things and I things I grew up learning, our biggest key and our biggest sense of when things go bad because we know sometimes we look at the date and we think, Man, that was a week ago, but I didn't even open this and you know, shouldn't it be? It should still be good. Trust yourself. Our sense of smell is our greatest thing. If you smell something and it is not supposed to be funky blue cheese, if it smells funky, those are usually our good indicators. When you take that first smell, um, if, you, if you miss a smell and it gets to the tongue and it doesn't taste good, toss it. Trust yourself. Food-borne illness and sicknesses um, are not worth it, and that's also a common mistake. People think a lot of times because things have gone bad or and it's because of its natural thing. It's because bacteria oftentimes has gone in over time. Um, and it's something, too, if it is a product that's open, and you've been smelling it a lot, you're actually creating bacteria that's getting it. When you pressure put your nose close to things, all the crazy, micro, teeny, tiny molecules are getting into that, and especially dairy is one of the most susceptible um, for absorbing uh, bacteria, and we also know for absorbing smells and other things in there, Um Things, too, if they get mold, uh, are, are not necessarily bad. With cheeses, sometimes just cut off the cheese or cut off the bread. Be aware of things, again, if something has a funky or, or texture to it or just slime, you know, it just doesn't look that right toss it, or if you have, you're very lucky enough um, that you have uh, animals that actually enjoy that, kind of more farm animals, but if uh, but you probably have some great tips about making homemade compost. Um, I know with coffee grounds, for example, those can really clog up your uh, garbage disposals and you'll know with right. citrus uh, loving or acid loving plants, they love that, so you can put it on your roses, you put it on your lemons, taking that little after, give, you know, your, your well, your veg- fruits and vegetables a little wake up call um as you know to to be aware of uh, certain things you don't want to give them too much uh, acidity if they are not um acidic loving uh plants um but that leads you to that a, a lot of times with vegetables or things um admit the misleading about things going bad. Don't judge books about uh, by how oh, it's covered. <laughs> excuse me, don't judge a book by it's covered. Uh, we know a lot of times with vegetables, you're definitely going to go for the thing that looks, you know, that's ripe and juicy. Uh, for bananas, for example, when they start getting that brown outside, a lot of times it's very unappealing. Sometimes you peel it back and the banana is just as fresh as the one that was yellow. But it's hard to sell those things. So a lot of times once they can't sell it, It just becomes garbage. And actually, the founder of Trader Joe's uh, started this fantastic thing that in lower, I think there are two or three uh, kind of flagship uh, grocery stores as of right now, um, and to think that if everyone knows Trader Joe's, which is sort of a, a, above the, the regular ones, but kind of a little bit lower um, than Whole Food thing, but just that really fresh on the go, great prices, um, and you always feel it's a really fresh and organic kind of view. Um, is that he's teamed up as being very aware that um, these vegetables, things that they just can't sell because of aesthetically, that are still good, that may be still good for another week, edible. They just you know they don't uh, have they don 't look as green as they used to they't they don 't they don't have that pretty tint, maybe the apple's a little bit bruised. Um, well starting these um, vegetables these grocery stores that are all these fruits and vegetables that were unable to be sold. Um, so they are on, you know, on a time thing that, and they too, they get them in there. But because they are so extremely discounted, um, it's and been, uh, these flagship stores are in uh, economically lower income areas. So not only is that helping people that financially it's already hard to put um, a full meal on the table, to now to put actually healthy, nutritious. Fruits and vegetables at extremely discounted prices, because we've talked about before that a candy bar is less expensive than an apple. And when people are trying to feed themselves and their children, they're financially that's always an issue. But we know that sugars and carbs and processed foods not only are so terrible for our health, but just our thinking process, our brain, and especially growing brains of children, um, are really affected. That we need that those nutrition, those nutrients, it helps us in every single way. So um, that's just, I think, a, fa- a fantastic thing of, of uh, kind of closing this gap with food waste. Oftentimes, too, make sure you're storing your food correctly in the fridge. Uh, we kind of all have these little compartments or things that might be easy access that over time maybe that's just sort of how, you know, we, we all have these little places we put things, and it's kind of funny if you go to someone else's fridge how they may put things in totally different spots. Um, but being aware of where you put it. First off, one thing, if you have, um, refrigerators that open up and have side little paneling, um, it's advised not to put dairy in those because those doors tend to be opened and closed a lot, um, and they are going to have, uh, the temperature drop the most. And you know, you need to keep dairy in the freshest amount. Um, so on the door, something interesting enough, even though I just said dairy, butter is, um, kind of that, Constant fight in the house with people, but butter is something uh, that, though it is a form of dairy, because of the high solidity fat and it, um, can be kept at room temperature and be kept out uh, without going uh, rancid for uh, for a certain amount of time. So
1: you know, I'm um, so you can glad actually you brought up butter, butter because I do think that's always a conflict in households. I know for me, having lived so many years in Europe, um, butter was always at room temperature, and I. I grew to love it that way, and that's the way I want it. But my husband is like, oh, that needs to be in the refrigerator. And then it's just awful. You can't, you get this hard lump, you know, and it also tastes like the refrigerators. And it's really true. Butter can be at room temperature, and I encourage yes. it. much, and, much the- and, it's, and it's probably even healthier for you. I'm sure that by refrigerating it, compounds probably dissolve or something. I don't know. But- <laughs> Well, as we
2: know, limit your butter amounts of all that of butters. Uh, on the spectrum thing, the probably one thing we, we probably need the, the, the least of in our pyramid. But healthy fats and oils, and actually, that's something too. That oils can go rampant. People there is that misunderstanding that oils. Um, because a lot of time they don't have expiration dates on it but oils can go rancid um, and certain oils should be kept um, in the fridge certain oils should not for example olive oil should not be kept in the refrigerator and left you it's you know as a cheese something that is being soaked in the olive oil um, but certain cooking oils uh, especially sesame soy oil um, can go rancid so be aware of those things and um, where those should be kept is or On the door is a great place for that. Warmer upper levels of your refrigerator um, can be good for leftovers, of course, in their own um, container air-sealed packages, uh, pudding snacks, cooler bottom shelves. That's a great thing for milk, eggs, raw meat. Um, The humidity, the way you keep uh, lettuce, all that stuff. The high humidity drawers should have broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, leafy greens, and the lower humidity drawers is where you'll want to keep your fruits: apples, avocados, grapes, um, even mushrooms. And then the little deli drawers: cheese, um, some deli meats and hot dogs, which <laughs> hot dog, if you can even consider that meat. And um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Consider- I agree. And something to consider, too, is maybe your fridge just needs an upgrade, too. We just recently got a brand-new fridge that we're digging all the bells and whistles about it, but it was about time, and we turned our other one into just a beer fridge. But I, years ago, had a fridge that not only financially was it so outdated, it was, I don't know, from the 80s or something, um, that my electric bill was out the roof. I think I almost had a $200 electric bill. And then when I got one of these, you know, a GE Smart or whatever it was, my bill dropped to like $30, and it was because of this thing, this old one, it was drawing out so much energy. Also, it was not storing things correctly, so I was constantly throwing out food. I would have milk that would go bad in a few days. I would have things that would sour and and vegetables. So, you know, one of the things, get your, your fridge checked out, and and interesting enough, a lot of programs offer things where they will give you either a huge rebate or sometimes they will even pay for you, um, gas or, elect- or the electric companies, pay for you to have um, these upgraded systems. Uh, so not only is that great on your wallet, but that will save uh, save you money as well down the road with fruits and vegetables. How about for yourself? What are, do you have any little tricks and trades? I know you're – I felt like – as here, not having any chickens yet, I hate when I'm throwing away leftover. You know, it's kind of the things right. that no one's going to eat anymore, and I just think, oh God, there, there's some animals that could eat this right now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm really, as you know, I, you know, I take in abandoned um, animals, and so all these animals, I have pig and goat and chickens and geese and rabbits and. Um, what else? Ducks, you know, (laughs) birds, uh, cats. And it's like all these animals can eat just about everything. But what I was going to say is you were starting to talk, you know, you said about the coffee grounds and that is that um, what I, I really loved it when you said use the entire Vegetable. Uh, If any of you are like really foodies and you're into the restaurant scene, you're going to notice that so many restaurants these days are considered, uh, especially if they use animals, you know, if they're doing a pig or a cow, they actually use every single part of the body, not the fur, obviously. And this is a real big trend now so that, you know, if you have bones, you use the bones to make a stock in the soup. And uh, with just like Heather said, you have celery, you don't throw, you don't cut things off. You use it in, um, in, in some kind of, of a soup or some other dish or a puree or any of that. So I think we have to start looking at, at all the waste that we're doing and then also know like when you, when you uh, steam vegetables, that extra water, let it cool and put it out in your garden. It's filled with nutrients and your own vegetables and flowers yeah. and everything will be thrilled to have all of that. So yeah. the whole idea is really think about what you're wasting. And as you said, Heather, when you go to the store, don't go to the store hungry <laughs> Go over the list and only buy what you need and try to get back into the tradition of what people used to do, where they went to the store more often and they only bought what they needed. And then, if you grow your own, of course, you can use it just to grow your own. And then compost as much as possible any kind of vegetable. You can't put meat in your compost pile, but you can put bones, you can put fish, you can put fish bones. You can put eggs, egg shells, tea bags, coffee, and then any any vegetable at all. And uh, you, if you just put that in a bucket out in your garage or your deck, uh, your deck, but cover it so that no animal will get into it, and uh, mix that with leaves or lawn clippings or anything, and just put it back in your garden. All of a sudden, you get this whole recycle thing. So, I really think that that is. I think that you covered it all. I just can't stand to see waste. So I was really happy that you were doing yeah, this. And, and, I, and you
2: know, and that's something I've seen for a long time, you know, in working in restaurant area things is that so much food gets waste. That when people, you know, order moot thing you know, just the stuff that people, a lot of times people don't want to take leftovers. Um, and it's a, food, I've always thought, man, it would be so great if, you know, we could box these food up and give it to, you know, the homeless, and there's actually been things with that that um, I had worked in restaurants for where we weren't allowed to do anything like that because there has, believe it or not, been loss that, uh, that people have tried to sue restaurants or if something was to happen that if someone was to become ill that the restaurant become become uh, liable for it, so it's kind of a vicious cycle, but... Um, on a brighter side, some residents they've been approved that if something gets ordered, it comes out. Turns out, no, I actually ordered the chicken. What this is the steak. If something goes back and has not been uh, physically touched or any anything like that, um, that now that they're allowing it, they they can box it up and they give them out to. Um, shelters, places that need it, sort of these hand up with things, um, which I think is fantastic. I just well, you know, I want to bummer. mention
1: something because this is interesting because my sister is doing a food drive now for for the holidays for the homeless. And what was really interesting is that the nonprofit who is collecting all the food, they, they wanted cans, you know, and jars and all this, but not a single item can have an expiration date on it. And I think that's um, that's kind of sad, you know what I mean? I think that's because of what you were saying earlier. I just know from canning, if things are canned properly, which almost everything that is in a jar is canned and it's canned properly, it doesn't really have an expiration date. Now, yes, 20 years from now, maybe 10 years from now, but not two years from now. So yeah. it's sad that even... Some of the organizations are not going to give um, uh, food that is really good to people who probably need it. And so that, yeah. that kind of makes me sad. And
2: another thing too, of thinking just on your own of ways that you can kind of help with this. Plan ahead for parties. As you know, a lot of times we have parties at your house. It's a rarity. I mean, high five if everything gets consumed. Um, but a lot of times people think, I'd rather have extra food than run out of food. I don't want to be that host. But then you're left with a lot of leftovers. And usually it might just be you and your partner or maybe just you or not enough people. And before you know it, that food that was amazing at the party a few days later is not so hot. So plan for that. If you know, you know, get, um, they sell, you know, sets of six and for $0.99 cents of uh, Tupperware, you know, plasticware that you can make little to-go things that after the party is wrapping up, offer to your guests take home little things. Here, we'd like to take home some of this and that way it's all sealed to go and it's even that kind of giving and if you're a home gardener too, a lot of times you and can't people love taking
1: home recipes. I mean, uh, don't friends. you think people love taking home leftovers if they were really good? It's like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and the great thing too
2: with uh, leftovers, kind of have those catch up meals. I'm really big about taking something and recreating it. Um, I myself don't eat meat, but I know my husband one night could do steak, and the next day could turn that steak into uh, a steak taco, and then do a steak pizza. So I love with vegetables, kind of recreating vegetables. We've talked about this. Uh, the name isn't that appealing, but salad soup that vaguely, you know, over time. Um, First, that's something I learned from you. That I mean, some would literally be old you know, a, a couple day old salad that had the dressing already put on it. Some would just be some of that. That's vegetables what makes it, good. it, soggy, what makes it but delicious. So good. Put it in, boil it all up, cook it down, and you will have the most amazing soups. Um, I'll say sometimes
1: the look of it. And they may taste not, different sort of, every oh, time because it all's based on people? what was the salad amazing. dressing and the vegetables that were in the salad.
2: Yeah, I have to say, it's some of the most amazing soups I've, I've ever had and I've ever made now. Um, and I have to say, it sounds when you tell people are like, "What are? Oh my God! You're just pouring in all these old vegetables that you've had." Um, but everything is so amazing, and it's at that sort of you know that sort of that point of what am I going to do with this now? I don't, you know, I'm either going to have to figure out something or throw it out. And especially with it now being fall, you can make such amazing fall, really hearty soups. You can blend it up and make it those thick purees, or you can kind of have it more of a chunkier soup. Um, I just say, vegetable-wise, you probably need little to no seasoning, anything added to it. So healthy, so delicious. And that will help you. That little part of uh, helping to waste less food is that Americans we waste 63 million tons per year of wasted food. So 48.
1: And you know when of- you were saying about, I mean, the holidays are almost upon us, and you were talking about um, guests and all of that. One of the things that is has always been um, kind of. Mm, kind of an element of entertaining is if, however many people you're having, only plan for food for seventy five percent, because not everybody eats yeah. that much. You know, but a lot of people aren't going to eat plan all that for food. For one hundred and
2: fifty percent, because people will definitely drink more than the one person. So
1: I, I agree with that. There's talk of that. I do agree with that, but I don't think that you need. Uh, I think that a lot of times that's why we end up with so much leftovers when we really don't exactly and need we're always the leftovers. Afraid. Exactly, always afraid of I don't want that person runs
2: out, and it should be an honor if something runs food wise runs out at your house. That's fantastic. It means everyone loved your food, and now you'll be known as oh, it was so great. Keep it like that, offer a variety of things, and then, again, have something that you're ready to go offered take-homes for friends. There you go here yeah, for your late-night snack. That way, you'll have less things for you, less things to clean up, less vegetable garbage, and you'll have that less feeling of, oh, what a bummer. This was so great two days ago. I, you know, I wish you could only eat so much, so many times. I mean, we, we had enough tiramisu one time. You know, we just start giving it out.
1: So that, yeah, that's exactly. You,
2: you that point. Well, I
1: think waste, that really but, does it. I mean, I, I really just I, like you, I really hate waste. I think we just have to re-evaluate how it is that we look at food and what we do with it. But you know, just be aware that your garden, no matter how big your garden is, your garden grows because of nutrients and uh, vegetables and uh, bones and fish. You know, when you give your garden fish emulsion, it's just ground up fish bones and fish parts. So when you, if you eat those kinds of things, your garden is craving it. And so make sure to do that. Make sure just to give those kinds of foods to your garden. And then what happens, it's really the circle of life. And that's what I love about it. It's the entire circle of life. And you're not wasting anything. And if you're really smart about everything... Your goal is never to even have a green bin, is that your green bin is all going back into your earth. I don't even have a green bin. Everything that I do gets either recycled into my garden or it gets a three-time composting, which is, if it's meat, it might but go up uh, to... Um, animals to you know to eat or vegetables to animals to eat and then after they defecate and I mix it in with hay I bring it down to the garden and I put it back in so it's it's really pretty kind of pretty cool really cool stuff so that's what I really encourage I really think that that is the way to go so great segment Heather
2: definitely we just yes. we, no more wasting food. Again, there's so many little things we can do just each day. Uh, so, and some more things you can do. If you want to check out everything going on with the radio show, uh, with the charity, go to be org as well as com.
1: Okay, well, there you have it. So when we come back from break, uh, we are going to be talking more with you. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We will be right back. Don't go away.
3: Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: now back to the power party this business of show business is calling up
1: if you me. tickle it with a hoe it will laugh into a harvest at least that's an English saying so we just finished obviously Halloween and today is all Saints Day so these are uh, that's a these are big events here this time of the year and for us here in Northern California we've just finished the grape harvest and it's been several days decades since I've worked in our vineyards picking grapes. And as a child, I drove tractor and I plowed fields and I watered the new vineyards vine by vine, driving a uh, vintage fire truck. And one of my siblings would just open the water valve as we rolled very slowly through each row and having to stop vine by vine and water it. But then once September, October arrived, then the ha- grape harvest would begin Crews of eight workers, including myself, would comb every vine with our specialty curved knife, quickly dropping bunches of ripe berries into the lugs, which would be dumped into big bins on a grape trailer. And then, when the truck and trailer had a full load, we'd ride with my dad to the wineries for the delivery. And we, you know, we all just loved being with my dad. I mean, that was just kind of the best. And we loved hauling the grapes to their wine destination, sitting at the winery while the bins were weighed and the smell of the fermentation. I think it probably got to us, but because we would usually end up taking a nap. But um, we'd really, with all of this, the only thing I really never really liked. I was never a fan of picking grapes. Uh, Sometimes there would be a rattlesnake in the vines. And even though we worked on neighboring farms, and we would harvest and cull and cut their peaches, their apricots, their pears, you know, prunes, the the grapes just was really hard. Uh, And because of the dearth of available pickers lately here in California, a few years ago, my brother invested in a mechanical harvester, And on the final night of the Cabernet Sauvignon harvest, I rode along. I wasn't really working. I just rode along with my brother and nephew as this huge harvester. And four men did the work of six crews. And they did it with such precision and speed. So instead of picking during the heat of the day when sometimes it could be, you know, in the 90s or 100, the harvester allows the workers to harvest at night or all night long into the early morning. Sometimes you work until 6 a.m. And they have these really bright lights, uh, and it's just so much cooler. In fact, sometimes it gets cold. You got to put you know hats and coats on. And my brother even fired up these fire pits and um, around the area so people could warm themselves up. But so although we still have safe, several acres of land that are handpicked. I was like, hallelujah, I love this mechanical harvesting experience. Of course, then we would go straight into walnuts, so November was walnut time, and my dad would get out the shaker, and he would uh, hook this shaker onto a Ford tractor, this was like something he built, it had this long arm that would go up and grab a branch, shake the walnuts, now most of the walnuts, some of them would just still have the green holes on them, and then that was our job when we would have to go into the dehydrator to separate. If they still had the green hole on, they had to be separated out. Walnuts, for some reason, even though my hands and we didn't wear gloves in those days, would be absolutely this pea green color because the holes are green on our, on walnuts. I didn't mind picking walnuts. You know, you'd get on your hands and knees, you'd pick a five-gallon bucket of walnuts and pour those into a bin. But the grapes, I think it might have been the rattlesnakes. But, um, you know, where we are up here, it has a really rich grape-growing precedence. And so this time of year, now the grapes are all done. The wineries are in the process of preparing the wines. And it's, it's done. So now what do, we, what do we do? It's time to harvest, as I said, the walnuts, pumpkins, gourds, and winter squash. And if you don't grow your own, you will really find some funky as well as colorful uh, pumpkins and squash at your local farmer's market and many are in the grocery stores. Now, apples and Asian pears are still hanging from trees, and if you have them, you can start picking them because the rains are coming, and the rains will rot them. You can find a great recipe for making caramel or candied apples, and you can just enjoy kind of an old-fashioned treat. I mean, they really are, you know, really is good. Uh, This time of year is also good to cut your corn stalks for decorations to add to your Thanksgiving and... Your whole fall, fall holiday um, idea, I pick up pine cones and acorns and, and all of that. And then if you had gotten uh, hay bales for, for Halloween – Um, take that hay and use it as mulch in your garden. It's going to keep down the weeds that will emerge very quickly as soon as the rains come. We've had several days of rain now, which I love, but it's amazing. I go out into the garden and already the weeds are just proliferating. So um, here are some tips just to kind of get you going because it's time to repair our beds for a winter's nap. Chrysanthemums, are in their absolute full, glowy, full glory right now. And it, that is a real certain beacon of the blazing fall colors. So get out into your garden and get some things done. So if you like chrysanthemums, they are a perennial. So once you plant them, they will bloom um, a very long time, literally until it's a lot of rain is coming down and then they wither. But don't pull them out. All you do is cut them back. And next year, you'll get even bigger blooms. It's time to fertilize your lawns now. The lawns will absorb the water and the fertilizer faster during the rains. And this is also the time to reseed during wet days. Uh, I like that Pearl's Premium. I've talked about it many times. But it really is doing a great job in my yard. And it doesn't take as much water if you're in a drought area. And it does come up very quickly. I do cover the nude seed with screens so the birds don't get it. I know it advertises that the birds don't get it, but my experience is that the birds do. Um, Pull weeds that you find in your garden before they develop uh, any seed heads. Then create, uh, sunflowers are ending now. So if you want to create a sunflower arch, you know it's really pretty to cut them and then you can Put some, you can kind of tie them on. But if your sunflowers are done blooming, cut them off and make sure that the seed heads are dry. Then you can dump the seed heads into an egg carton and the seeds will fall into the egg carton. And I like to plant them now in autumn. Autumn is the best time for planting. Everybody thinks that it, the best time for planting is actually in um, the spring. But the reality is, is this is the best time of year. So you can, just like you can with hollyhocks, you can put a pencil into the ground and put each seed wherever you want it. Remember with sunflowers, they will always put their their head to the east. So plant your sunflowers with an eastern exposure that you can see. So if the eastern exposure is to your neighbor's yard, you're not going to enjoy it. So you definitely want to put it to where you can enjoy it. So this is also a time to plant a variety of lettuces. You can do them in a window box or a container if you don't have any space or you live in an apartment. Just put it close to your kitchen, and that way you'll have salads that are fresh all season. And you can keep clipping these microgreens as they sprout, and they'll be really, really delicate and delicious delights. If you have birdhouses that got broken or, you know, are just sort of run down, start repairing them because it'll be time for overwintering birds such as bluebirds and chickadees and nuthatches. They'll have a nice, warm, safe, cozy place to rest during these upcoming cold nights. You can increase your bird feeders in your yard because birds really consume a lot during this season. And they're going to need it. So when it gets cold, you have to increase the, the bird. Time to prune and tune up your garden by pruning those overgrown shrubs. And you can add three or five New Zealand flax for their spiky form and variegated colors. They are so pretty. And they actually take up a, you know a good amount of space. Now watch the antics of the lizards as they sun themselves on rocks during these final days of warmth before it starts getting cold. Stop watering any remaining uh, autumn or summer crops, and that way you're going to force your final produce to ripen. Time to prune the berry bushes, including summer raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries, and remove any dead canes. Um, thin any new forming canes as well. You don't want too many. Uh, if you have too many, you're not going to have berries. So, time to get out there and thin. Amend your hard clay soil if you have clay soil with large amounts of compost, and any kind of soil actually, um, it's really good to amend it. You can mulch to keep your your uh, temperature warm. And to prevent erosion, wood chips are always good. You can do it with, you know, some people do it with gravel or, as I said, hay is also a good mulch. You can freeze or can the rest of the vegetables. If you have very ripe tomatoes, make a tomato sauce and just, you know, you can even make, put little ones like in ice cube uh, holders so that if you're just making a small amount of pasta, you just take out a couple of ice cubes. If you want to learn more about gardening, this is a great time of year to enroll in a course. Uh, perennials can be pro- propagated through root cuttings, and that means um, you know you can just cut some of the roots and plant them somewhere else. And a lot of perennials can be propagated just by pinching, like geraniums and pelagoniums. I just cut pieces off and then stick them in the ground. Save seeds from all your favorite annuals, herbs, and vegetables. So you can gather, dry, label, and store. And that includes things like fennel, cilantro, parsley. I just go ahead and reseed because these are uh, usually annuals. Some parsleys are perennials. But you can just reseed them. And then harvest the remainder of, um, of like your Asian pears and peppers and Swiss chard. And then... Uh, of course, as I was talking about, it was the end of grape season. This is the time to be eating grapes and apples and pears and pumpkins and squash if you want to eat things that are in season. And then finally, roast some seeds from the squash and the pumpkins. You first clean it, dry it, soak it in like a salted water, and then uh, let uh, drain the salt. Bake for 375 degrees until golden brown, and you have a really great snack. And then... Again, don't forget about the corn stalks and any kind of dried um, dried feathery grasses that you might have. You might be able to make a really nice uh, door uh, uh, in you know a door project for your front door or something just that would say autumn. And that's it for our happy harvest autumn season when we come back from break we're going to talk about college and the college application process you are listening to Cynthia Bryan this is star style be the star you are don't go away I will be right back be the
3: star you are the star you are be the star you are you are change your world change your life VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com dot com. Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Are you in the habit of telling the truth? You know, when things go wrong, as they often will, the best solution to remedy the situation is just to tell the truth. If you have an argument with the client or management or a bad Yelp or Google review, you know, it's really important to go back and to respond but to tell the truth. So here are some guidelines for dealing with the truth. First of all, state the facts as you know them and give the full picture. Be non-judgmental and be open-minded. Strive to understand the other person's point of view You want to show some empathy. Don't bottle up your emotions. Don't be angry, frustrated, confused, scared. You know, I mean, of course you're going to feel these things, uh, but those don't always lead to a resolution because you have to allow everyone to express themselves. Be positive and frame your comments in a positive fashion. Objections are to be expected, but preface your message with, This may not be what you want to hear, or this may be hard to accept. And if someone gives you a bad review or a Yelp bad review, start by at least thanking them and thanking them for bringing something to your attention. Remember that relationships are based on trust. Trust and truth are married together. You are the star of your own productions. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, go to CynthiaBryan.com. Call 925-377-STAR to book a consultation. That's 925-377-STAR and CynthiaBryan.com.
3: Be the star you are. The star you
0: are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over 225 billion dollars. Visit our website at org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. org Dare to care. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is I'm so
1: glad you're still here. I like having a power party. Of course, right now, it's just me and you, so uh, it's a party of two. Well, we're going to be talking about college because, you know, this is the time of year so many of my students are applying to colleges, and there's a lot of questions, so I was talking with a college counselor and admissions advisor for university. And one of the questions that often is, is if 10% of applicants are accepted to the most selective schools, doesn't that mean that I have a better than one in 10 chance of getting into at least one of them if I apply to all of them? Well, many college-bound high school students would like to think that was true, but unfortunately, Applying to more highly selective schools, and that means schools with ultra low acceptant rates, does not increase your chances of being accepted to one of them. If we college advisors could dispel the more is better myth, is what I was told, and guide students towards selecting colleges that are their best matches, then families would enjoy far less stress and the, it would, the teens would enjoy far less stress. And you'd get better results. So let's talk about that. So college admission rates have little to do with the probability that you will be admitted to any school. If a college has a 10% admitted rate and someone applies with a 3.7 GPA or even a 4.0, You know, and they just have okay essays and they have just a few extracurricular activities, but nothing remarkable and no legacy athletics or, you know, anything that's a hook. They don't have a one in 10 chance of admission. The student likely has a zero chance of admission. So, no matter how many schools with low admission rates that a student applies to, there's probably a zero chance you're going to get into any of them. A 10% admission rate does not mean that every applicant is a one in 10 chance. It means that 100 or maybe slightly fewer of 1,000 applicants could be offered admission and 900 will not. So each college application is unique and each application to each college that a student has on her list is independent of each of the other college applications. Admission officers at highly selective colleges Expect to see high quality as a foundation to any application. And if you're a serious candidate, you are expected to provide a very strong high school transcript, high test scores that positively correlate with the excellence achieved on this uh, transcript, well-written, well-conceived essays that show an authentic voice and respond fully to the prompt that was given, and a sincere, consistent, demonstrated interest in their school. Now, other factors include a very strong record of extracurricular involvement that can build upon the applicant's special abilities and talents, and that's sometimes known as hooks, I call them hooks, and a personal and career-related interest. For more selective schools, talents and achievements should be recognized beyond the local and the regional level. So sometimes that's state and national. It should also be noted that each admissions officer considers how these achievements and strengths relate to the type of class that college is constructing in that cycle. So highly selective colleges craft classes with eyes towards having a diversity of students with a variety of academic interests and talents. And with so many applicants having the same interests, for example, going to pre-law or uh, pre-med or pursuing a degree in engineering, it's not surprising that an admission officer chooses those who present the absolute best credentials as well as the strongest hooks. So what can we do? Well, first of all, one of the things that I do to help is I help people with their essays. So if you're writing essays and you need help, We have a 100% record of kids getting into this college of their choice because I can help you write a really hooked essay. Also, if you want a college advisor, they can also help students understand that even when their credentials are strong, they must present them well and with authenticity. So remember, everything has to be presented well. College advisors also can help students understand the level of competition that they fa- face from their peers nationally and worldwide. So most important, independent education or consultants help their students understand that the best matches will include colleges where the odds of getting admission are far more in your favor than they can enjoy a four years of happy, successful, and productive times. So if you really need help, With your essays, give me a call. You can go to CynthiaBryan.com and email me or call 925-377-STAR or choose an admissions officer that you like to work with. Uh, You're going to find that you're going to get into the college of your choice, and that's the most important. So thanks for being great listeners. Make sure you're tuned here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Network with me. And most of the time, it's Matt, my engineer. So thank you, Matt. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For information about Star Star Productions, go to CynthiaBryan.com. For information about Be The Star You Are and our program we're doing right now for Operation Hurricane Relief for Hurricane Matthew, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Really consider making a donation. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate So always speak as if your dreams are already existing because then you're going to make them come true. Until next week, when we will be celebrating once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep you happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I encourage you to go out into the world and always be the star you are. Have a wonderful autumn week. Uh, Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And most of all, be with us on Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Network. And join us here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make it a great one.
3: Be the star you are, the star you are.